This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is former Commissioner Paul Blue, and you're listening to Iron Clock, my test for two. Welcome to another I Test for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. We are both Hall of Fame voters, as I hope you know by now. Joined today, as we are each week, by our Hall of Fame producer, Mr. Ian Blunden. And because it's Easter week, guys, I've got one quick question for you. What's your favorite memory of Easter Sunday, either as a child, Ian, or as a parent, Ira? So, Ira, let's start with you. Favorite memory of uh, Easter Sunday? Uh, well, growing up in Brooklyn, Clark, in, in, in a cramped apartment, um, my mother tried to uh, color some Easter eggs, and yeah. of course, uh, my brother and I are colorblind. We didn't know what the hell was going. <laughs> I on. Am so I am absolutely too. Absolutely <laughs> colorblind, um, and so is she, by the way, which is very rare for females. Very rare That's for right. women to be colorblind. Correct. So uh, you should see some of the colors that she came up with, Clark. She thought it was purple; it ended up being yellow. <laughs> We, we didn't know what was going on in our household. <laughs> Ian, how about you? Uh, it, I, I can see colors, and uh, I, I always saw colors after overdosing on jelly beans. Um, just <laughs> just nonstop shoveling in, in my mouth. That was, that was my, my favorite because, uh, you know, my Easter basket would be the, the foundation of it would just be jelly beans on top of jelly beans. And, and, and that's what I looked forward to every Easter. Well, mine was uh, when we lived in Norfolk, my dad was in the uh, Marine Corps. And so he got us up for a sunrise service. And it was a, the, the U, on the USS Forrestal. Got us up at 4.30 in the morning. And then even in Norfolk, I and mean, that was cold. It was cold. And so we go there and sit on the deck of the Forrestal. And it was freezing. Go, oh, but it's sunrise service. But it was memorable because I remember today, of course, years later when I was in college, sunrise services took on a whole wow. different meeting. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, happy Easter and maybe peeps be with you i think we're gonna have to call this now the eye test for two colorblind mice i didn't know you were colorblind um okay on to the nfl um a lot of high profile quarterbacks in the news uh these days uh either because they've been traded and be like someone like deshaun watson or maybe carson Wentz. oh wait a second we've got matt ryan uh how about russell wilson uh or they've been given the keys to the vault that would be aaron Rodgers, or they've been given the keys to miami Miami? Tom Brady? No, no, he wasn't getting the keys to Miami. Or they're waiting to be traded. That's Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. And, anyway, and the Raiders showed some love to Derek Carr. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's that true. is yeah. true. Derek Carr as well. Um, so because this is a history-themed show, I thought this week we'd take a look at the most important position in football. But look at quarterbacks over the years. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about over the years. And Ira, uh, you and I are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame 
voting process. So this should be easy for you. Maybe not so much for Ian, but we deal with history all the time in Canton. So I'm going to ask you guys a few questions and, and they deal with a lot of it, the history of the game, but Ian, you know a lot about the history of the game. So uh, I think you're prepared. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to start. Ian, I'll start with you. Um, most underrated quarterback of all time. Well, uh, I, the, the basis of a lot of my answers were, you know, the, these had to be really good quarterbacks. Um, so I'm not talking mediocre, you know, so to be underrated, you also had to be great, but somehow not ranked amongst your peers. And the name I kept coming back to is Troy Aikman. Um, the guy wins three Super Bowls. Uh, he's often never mentioned among, you know, the elite of the elite quarterbacks. I don't know how many people actually have him in his in their top five or maybe even top ten. I would imagine most people do, but you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, obviously overshadowed by Emmett Smith and and Michael Irving and and a lot of the Dallas flair. He just wasn't that. And of course, a lot of the younger generation know him as an announcer. So uh, I, I just couldn't get past Troy Aikman when uh, you asked that question. So that would be my answer. It's funny, and I don't think you'd find him in a lot of top twenty lists today. Honestly, it, it's, I don't it's, think it, that's cra- that's that would be that's pretty crazy to me. Ira, based on Ian's response, let's book Troy Aikman for next week. Okay. You know what? That that's a good that's a good answer, Ian. That's a good answer because when you're handing the ball to Emmett Smith, Clark, it's easy to get overshadowed. Right. But Clark, every time he had to make a, a throw on third and seven, he made it. He made it. And great teammate. All he wanted to do was win, Clark. Now, that leads me to my guy. He's a Hall of Famer, Clark. I don't think that precludes you from being underrated. No. You might have the same guy as I do. He starred in the 70s. I thought he was fabulous. His name's Roger Staubach. Yeah, I do have the same guy. I do have the same guy. You looking Um, at my cheat sheet? No, I am not. And uh, just a couple of tidbits. Um, he led the league in passing four times, Clark. Yep. 85 and 29. That's right. his record. That's and 11 and 6 in the playoffs. Clark, the guy was fabulous. I've just thrown out my notes, Ian. I think he was looking over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that, that was after Roger- he looked over my shoulder because that was uh, the, the, the two that I was deciding between was Staubach and, well, and Aikman. Why, so. why are you picking Staubach, Clark? Why? Well, I mean, because he was the full-time starter for eight years, right? Full-time starter for eight years. Half of those times he goes to championship games, right? And then he wins two Super Bowls. I mean, the thing is, um, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, as you said, you go down the list, um, for the, led the league in pass rating four times. But the thing that gets me always with these guys, I come back to what did Bill Parcells always say about people? You are what your record says you are. And Ira, you nailed it. 85 and 29, 11 and 6 in the playoffs. Combine that, won 75% of his games. I'll take that. I'll take that. And yet, (laughs) you know what? When you talk about top 10 quarterbacks today, you'll rarely see his name, if ever, mentioned. You're right. Okay. So let's go to the other side. Most overrated. Most overrated. Ian, I'll start again with you. And I'm going to preface this once again and say I think this player is a great quarterback. And this is also a product of partially how we cover things now uh, in this modern era. But very easily to me, it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, The way his career has been covered since he won a Super Bowl has been so disproportionate to what his career actually is that it has overrated him to the point where I don't think the consensus says he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but far too many people, analysts, fans, have also said 
oh, he's, you know, the greatest thrower of this or the most this or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't think so. And I don't know if he's in the top 10. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But there, there's something about his game that's severely lacking that the other greats have. And um, so my answer was was uh, definitely Aaron Rodgers. All right. Interesting. Cluck, I don't think you're going to like this one, Cluck. You might push back on me a little bit. I'm going Terry Bradshaw, Cluck. I'm going Terry Bradshaw. I'll tell you what. It took the guy five darned years, five, to be a decent quarterback. The first two Super Bowl champs for Pittsburgh, absolutely defensive-oriented teams, 74 and 75, absolutely. He got better as he got older, Clark. By the end of the 70s, he was very, very good. But, Clark, I'll leave you with this note. Overall, body of work, career, two more touchdown passes than interceptions. Two for Terry Bradshaw. Great. Yeah. Top 10. Absolutely not, in my opinion, Clark. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I do disagree with you on that. I'm sorry. But uh, I do like Bradshaw just because he won a lot of games. I understand what you're saying. But I thought what he dealt with there, there was an awful lot of criticism when he first came out and he overcame that. He was a great quarterback, knew how to win. And, and I know about that touchdowns to interceptions thing, but then people say, what about Joe Namath? You know, what about some of these other guys? Different game. It was a different game. Who you um, got, Clark? Who you got? Who you got? Um, I, I'm, I'm going with another Hall of Famer, and this is not to, to knock him as a bad player. I just said, I think he's overrated. Bob Greasy of Miami. Now, I, I know Bob Greasy won a lot of games. He had a 92-56-3 record. Um, but I always thought he was part of a team, you know, kind of like we're talking about Bradshaw here, that that ran the ball a lot, was known for kick and Zonka, Mercury Morris, and they played great defense. And so Greasy was part of that. And, and, and he did a great job with him, did a great job. But, you know, it's, it's funny. We talk about that 72 undefeated season. He only played five of those games. You know, remember, he dislocated his ankle, had a broken leg. And then I think it was against the Chargers. And, and then Earl Morrill steps in. You know, Earl Morrill, who was such a great understudy for Unitas late in his career in Baltimore, steps in and he wins every game, wins the rest of the, the season, nine games, takes him into the playoffs. Didn't, and didn't he throw six passes, Clark, in, in the 73 Super Bowl or something? Uh, he, well, I, I'm getting there. It was he, what, Are you talking about Greasy? Yeah. Because, because he then supplants um, Morrill at halftime of the championship game, and he threw five passes in the second half. Then they get to the Super Bowl. Greasy started. They win it, of course, with Super Bowl seven. He was eight of 11 for 88 yards and a touchdown. And, and they won the game. That's all that matters. But I think when you talk about great quarterbacks, I, I'm, I'm not sure I really put him there. That said, I have a lot of respect for what he and the Dolphins did. Um, I think the next year, Clark, I think the next year against Minnesota, I think he threw six passes. In the Super Bowl. I, yeah, I, I, don't, know. I, don't, re- I don't recall. I wasn't old enough then. I, I think you were. You were probably <laughs> covering that game. Um, most forgotten quarterback. Who's done? This one to me is pretty easy. Most forgotten. Ian, how about you? Oof. Now, so see, even if, even if probably go back to the 1990s. No, no, no. I, I'm 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 not going that far. Well, kind of, sorta. I mean, I, I'm more. I guess it would be early 2000s would be the bulk of it. But you know, nowadays we talk so much about the physicality of quarterbacks. You know, athleticism, doing all these different things, and there's a guy who unfortunately is no longer with us that was doing a lot of these things that also won and was a co-MVP one year, and his name's Steve McNair. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to land on too many people's top 10 or 20 lists, but 
um, for for the time that he spent in the league and what he did. I, I, I don't think he gets mentioned enough because all we hear about now is, wow, look at how physical and, and gifted these quarterbacks are now. Well, you know, he was he was kind of like that uh, during his heyday, and obviously it earned him uh, an MVP award. So, Steve McNair. Ira, just a hunch, even though you were looking over Ian's shoulder, I know you're not going to say Steve McNair. I am not. I got a guy, Clark. I got a guy. Clark, when he retired, he owned all the records. He had all the records, and now he's been totally overshadowed with the way football is now. Clark, the man's name is Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton. Clark played for a Hall of Fame coach, very good defense in Minnesota. Um, Clark, from 73 to 76, he went 43 and 10, and they were in three Super Bowls. Now, Clark, people are, you know, they like to – they like to smack uh, Tarkenton around for losing those three Super Bowls. Clark, he lost to the 73 Dolphins, Shula. They killed people in the playoffs, just killed them. I think it was better than the 72 team myself, but Shula would never say that because they were perfect. Clark, 74, they lose to the Steel Curtain. I mean, who scores points on the Steel Curtain? Chuck Noll, another Hall of Fame coach. And Clark, 76, they lose to the Raiders, the 13-1 and Raiders. John Madden, Stabler MVP. Clark, they weren't as good as those three teams. They lost three Super Bowls, but he got them there. Fran Tarkenton was a uh, game-changing player at, at the time that he played. Ian, book Fran Tarkenton for two weeks from now, please, if you could. <laughs> Send him this tape. And he's a hell of a talker, Clark. He's yeah, he is. He is. Well, I, I would like to go to that decade, because I'm a Burt Jones fan. You know that. I'd love to go that decade, but I'm not going to. I'm going farther back. And I've got two guys, a tie, two guys. One of them is John McLean's hero, Sammy Baugh. And the other one is Otto Graham. Now, Otto Graham, I, I just, I, I can't believe this, but you see top 10 list today and he's on occasionally. Um, right. and, 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 and I saw two people on a uh, very high profile site last year mention their top 10 quarterbacks and they had like Unitas as nine and, and uh, Graham is 10. I, Otto Graham played 10 years, 10 years of pro ball. He went to 10 championship games. He won seven of them. He was 109 and 17 and four in his career. <laughs> and he's 57 and 13 and one in the NFL. That equates to an 83.1 winning percentage. And, and he was nine and three in the, in, in the, uh, in the playoffs. And that was all the, uh, the losses were all in the NFL. But they called him automatic auto for a reason. He never lost. And then Sammy Baugh, you know, John McClain was great last week. I, I could listen to that interview for <laughs> weeks. That was a great one. I, I never peed off the, the uh, porch for, with uh, on Sammy Ball, but I have a lot of respect for him. He led the, the league in, in completion eight times, in yards four times, in passer rating three times. He also led the league in yards per punt five times, and in interceptions once. He had 11 in 1943. He could do it all. And you know what? His punting average in 1940? 51.1 pretty good yeah pretty darn NFL good record hasn't been surpassed so those two guys they should appear on top 10 lists everywhere often they don't sammy never does and, and i think that's really a shame um okay quarterbacks you'd most like to have and your last gasp drill i'd say two minute drill but maybe you know if you're in kansas city you'd say your 13 second drill but in uh, i'll start with you 
I mean, I'm okay. pretty sure most people are going to know the answer <laughs> okay. to this question. I will say before I give you my answer that uh, I may make you very happy, Clark, uh, when I give uh, my top five uh, quarterbacks here in a little bit. But um, <clears throat> the, the the one answer to this question is Tom Brady, and you know that that's no disrespect to no uh, anyone else that has has gone gone and and made great plays in the Super Bowl or great drives. I mean, we talk about Joe Montana's. 91 yard drive in the Super Bowl. Well, well, Tom Brady did that twice uh, and needed two two point conversions. I'm sorry, 75 yards and then a 93 yard drive uh, and two two point conversions in his sixth Super Bowl. So, it, it, to me, it, it's a no brainer answer. Uh, and of course, I know you guys are probably going to have a different answer, but uh, mine is definitely Tom Brady. Clark, um, I'm going to shock Glendon here. Tom Brady's the answer. Whoa. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because you live in Tampa. Everybody focuses on the Atlanta Super Bowl. There was another Super Bowl of which I was lucky enough to attend. And it was against a great Seattle defense, the peak of the Legion of Boom. They were the defending champions. And Ian, must I remind you? I believe Tom Brady went 10 for 10 in the fourth quarter of that game. They were down by 10 points. They beat Seattle. Everybody remembers the Malcolm Butler play. But Brady was absolutely sensational down the stretch of that game. Then he follows it up with the Atlanta game. Clark, my answer, Tom Brady. Yeah, and what I remember most about that game, Ira, aside from that performance, it was in the wake, in the immediate wake of Deflategate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's saying, well, wait, yeah, he, he, they deflated the balls. Uh, no, they didn't. But uh, let's just see what happens here. And we saw what happens. And I remember Richard Sherman celebrating on the sidelines when Seattle was up by 10. And I leaned to the guy next to me. I've forgotten who it was. It might have been Dan Pompey. And said, you better be careful. Tom Brady's on the other side. You better be careful what you wish for. Um, the quarterback I'd most like to have, guys, shouldn't be a surprise to you. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise. It's Unitas. And, and because I grew up watching him. Uh, and as I said, I think on this program once before, Dan Henning once approached the table of sports writers, among which uh, I was there. And, and I was one of them and um, and then said, who would you like to have for your two minute drill? Now, today, as I said, Ian, that might be the 13 second drill, but who would you like to have quarterbacking? And, and I said, Unitas. And then someone said Montana. And then there was a name of a couple of stables and another Unitas went around the table and, and then came back to him. And he said, OK, great, thanks. And they said, hey, wait a minute, Dan. And because he was, I think, that time coaching the Chargers. Um, Dan, who would you pick? And he goes, it's a no brainer. Unitas. I mean, if you ever saw Unitas, you would know. Uh, called his own plays, uh, accurate downfield passer. Uh, the best I've ever seen. So anyway, that's mine. Um, now I'm going to give you uh, a chance to do your top five all time and top five pre-Super Bowl, top five post-Super Bowl. But Ian, I'm going to cut you some slack because pre-Super Bowl, Ira and I would remember and witnessed and, and saw. Um, but just do post-Super Bowl, your top five quarterbacks of all time. Okay, well, this this was pretty easy because this has been a... Um... This has been a pretty uh, solid list for me for quite some time. It hasn't really wavered. And I mentioned right before in the last one, and I'm going to make you happy. Um, autogram number five. Um, I right. obviously was not not old enough to watch him, and there's very little film out there. But I do like to listen, and I like to hear what people say about these guys. And it, it, to me... Uh, quarterbacking, and unfortunately, I think it, it's been far too uh, heavy on the physical aspect of it. I think that's how people evaluate it now, and I think that's only such a small aspect of what quarterbacking is. And when you win, 
and win consistently. I don't care if it's this era. I don't care if it's the, the first era of NFL football. The quarterback's the most important position. So as Bill Parr says, you are, Parcell says, you are what your record is. Um, autogram, number five. And <clears throat> to make you happy once again, Clark, and I lied before this show, my second or number four is no, another pre-Super Bowl era quarterback, and that is your guy, Johnny Unitas. Again, how do you how do you ignore what he accomplished? Um, how do I completely dismiss it? I obviously, again, was not able to witness it myself, but there's enough information out there. There's enough people out there that will give you their opinion, that will give you the right answer. And, and, and to me, I, I don't see how you leave these two guys out of a top five list unless you're separating them like you guys are going to do later. Um, number three, Peyton Manning. Uh, this guy I did get the privilege of watching, and I got to see him up close many times. Um, I got to see uh, uh, what he did to opposing teams. Now, again, you can bring up his playoff performances and some of the shortcomings that he had, but um, he, he he revolutionized this game, this, this era of football. And he, if it wasn't for him, I mean, who knows how many Super Bowls the Patriots would have won and Tom Brady would have won because they were as much as you can be they're equal and it was because of Peyton Manning and and it's hard not to give him credit for Super Bowl appearances doing it with multiple head coaches um that that doesn't get talked about enough um so that's enough for me to put him at number three number two Joe Montana four Super Bowls zero losses um again the guy that was for the most part one of the consensus greatest of all time prior to this next guy, which again, if anyone's ever listened to me for half a second, knows what my answer is going to be. But, uh, you know, again, I value winning. I value coming through in the biggest moments because I think that's what encompasses what quarterback play is and what great quarterback play is, which brings me to number one, the guy who's probably accomplished just about twice as much as Joe Montana. And that says quite a bit. Um, Tom Brady. Uh, it, it's, I know you, you talk about Otto Graham and, and, you know, seven uh, championships and 10 seasons, and you can't dismiss that. But at the same time, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a few of those championships were essentially the, in essence, winning your, having the best record in the league. So, so there's a little bit difference in how the error was, uh, was competed for, how championships were, were, uh, fought for. And I think in the end, at the end of the day, I have to give Tom Brady the edge over some of those pre-Super Bowl guys, just based on what he's accomplished and obviously what I've seen firsthand. So uh, those are my thoughts. And it's funny because you, when you mentioned Graham, that the championships that people might contest were he played with the All-American Football Conference yes. before the, the Cleveland Browns joined the NFL, but they still kept going to championship games. You well, know, I, I don't, NFL. I don't think, and, it, and that's the thing. The problem is, I don't, I don't. That shouldn't be used as a negative. But yeah, no, if I, if right. I'm, if I've, I've run into situations where it's like, I'll say Tom Brady's the greatest of quarterback of all time, and someone will be like, No, it's Otto Graham, and I'm like, yeah. we're, we're talking about two guys yeah, that have that's right on on par championship similarities. That's when you get into kind of the nitpicking. Okay, well, obviously the Super Bowl era there's more you need to accomplish to get to that championship. So I'm yeah. going to get the edge to that guy. Well, I'm just glad to see you include him because I remember as a kid saying to my dad, God, have you ever seen anyone like Unitas? And he goes, you ever heard of Otto Graham? And I went, no, he goes, look him up. <laughs> I did. Okay. Ira, you've heard of Otto Graham. You've heard of Unitas. What do you got here for pre, right, pre, pre, pre Super Bowl, pre. Clark, I'm going to put Unitas in, in the post 
uh, Super Bowl. Oh, you, you are? Put them, yeah, I'm going to put them in the post-Super Bowl. Okay. All right, here's, my, here's my pre-Super Bowl. And as you aptly pointed out, Otto Graham, number one. Mm-hmm. Sammy Ball, number two. Sid Luckman, very underappreciated. Norm Van Brocklin, I still think he holds the record. He does. For single game passing yards. Long time's passed. And I'm throwing in Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle, who at the end with the Giants, he had some great seasons. Also, Clark, you're familiar with it. The subject of one of the most iconic sports photos of all time. Y.A. Tittle, bloodied on the ground, probably at Giants Stadium. I think it was in Pittsburgh. I think it was in Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh uh, at the end of his career. All right, Clark, here's my top five post-Super Bowl. Yep. Again, I got to agree with Young, young Glendon, Brady at the top, tough to argue. I got Montana second. We'll see if you do. I believe he has 11 touchdowns and zero picks in, this, in those four Super Bowls, Clark. That's tough you're, to beat. You are correct. I got Unitas third. I got Unitas third. Um, now, I didn't see him in the 59, you know, 58 championship game, Clark. I'm four or five years old. Uh, I didn't see him. I uh, did. I, I did. But, actually, but I saw enough of them, you know, facing the Lombardi Packers and, and yep. George Allen's Rams or whatever. Right. I got Peyton Manning fourth. I do. And fifth, Clark, here's a guy. I, I don't think he's going to make your top five. I got Dan Marino. I got Dan Marino. Let's not forget about Dan Marino. He did not have very good defense, defensive teams in Miami, Clark. He just did. Um, give Shula credit. He built the team around Marino, gave him the receivers offensive line, but they didn't win it all. Uh, and I still go back to that night against the Bears, the fearsome oh, 85 oh. Bears clock. Nobody else could have done what Marino did that night. Nobody. How about um, his release, that quick release? God. So th- those are my five, Brady, Montana, Unitas, Manning, Marino. Clark, you want to start with the pre-Super Bowl or yeah. the post-Super Bowl? No, I'm going to start with the pre. And it's, it's very much like yours, although I've got Unitas in the pre. Because okay. to me, his greatest okay. years, I mean, some, okay. his greatest years in the pre. But I go Unitas one, Graham two, and it's close, but uh, Unitas one, Graham two, Baugh three. Number four, I had is um, Bart Starr, actually, because he won a lot of games. Now he can use the same criticism about yeah. Starr yeah. that I use for Greasy, but he knew how to win, and his playoff performance was outstanding. And number five was Norm Van Brocklin. I was, I was up in arms, like, am I doing Van Brocklin and Bobby Lane and Van Brocklin? Um, but I go back to that record that you mentioned when he was alternating with Bob Waterfield, you know, the first game of the 1951 season, 554 yards passing on 27 completions. Do the wow. math. Wow. I mean, do the math. And it still stands today. That wasn't yeah. a passing year. It still stands today. Uh, my top five post Brady, number one, Montana, a close number two, because of those four Super Bowls, as you mentioned, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. And there was a mystique about him. I covered the 49ers, not when he was there, he just left, but there was a mystique about him that I really loved, much like Brady's got where he is, he plays today, whether it's New England or Tampa. Um, number three, I'm surprised neither one of you guys mentioned him. My number three guy's Elway. John Elway, I thought was remarkable. And he took teams that didn't have great players around him to Super Bowls. And yeah, you can say, we well, didn't win until he had Terrell Davis. Yeah, well, that's true. He didn't win a Super Bowl until he has Darrell Davis. Tell me who his stars were before. You had right. the Vance, you know, the Vance, Vance Johnson, um, you know, um, Sammy Winder. He didn't have great players. So um, it would be Elway three, Manning four, and Roger Staubach five, actually. 
So, um, you know, uh, Clark, El- Elway could have been, Elway was a contender for the two minute um, award, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me just roll that to Cleveland again. Whoa. Those are Denver fans that apparently watched that Cleveland <laughs> game. That's, that's our signal for I was there. And I'll make this pretty quick. This is the time when we're getting ready for the draft, right? Well, I was covering the San Diego Chargers in 1990, and they brought in somebody that they were considering a local kid for the fifth pick of the draft. They have the fifth overall pick. So they brought in their um, players, their prospects, and you could talk to him if you wanted to. And I grabbed this guy right outside the PR office, grabbing him for 10, 15 minutes, I think. And his name was Junior Seau, linebacker from USC. And he had gone to school up in Oceanside. So everyone knew who he was and he fit what the charges were looking for, but you really weren't sure whether that was going to be the case. And so we're talking, I'll never forget. Um, I asked him, why would you want to play for the Chargers? I mean, they had a history of losing. Why would you want to come here? And at that point, a very attractive secretary walked behind us into the PR office. And he looked down and he goes, that's why. He pointed to the girl, woman, I would say girl, to the woman, young woman. It was Gina DeBoer. Gina DeBoer worked in the front office. One year later, she was Mrs. Junior Seau. They got married in 1991. They had three children, nice family. But I'll never forget just standing with Junior outside. They're one of the most likable guys. God, he was great to deal with. And he just said, that's why I want to be oh, here. I'm going on Google right now and, and checking that name out, Clark. That's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm she was, right. Yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, they, they got divorced later in life. But, but Junior, you just couldn't, if you were in his orbit, you couldn't help but smile. And, and it, it was just great to deal with. But that was a lot of fun. That was my first talk with him. And I realized this guy's going to be a lot of fun to cover. And he was. Um, final thoughts, Ira, for this week. Final thoughts. Well, final thoughts, my friend. Uh, the story that that will not die, Clark. The story that will not die. Arians, Will, Will Smith, Brady, again? <laughs> Stephen Ross, uh, Sean Payton, Clark. Every week, every week, there, there it is. Another there headline. it is. There it uh, is. And um, one day, Clark. One day, the real story is going to come out. The real story is going to come out, and you know who's going to break it? You're you. True. You're yes, true. yes, yes. Looking forward to that. Ira. Okay, right here. <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe next week. Uh, I'm going to mention the USFL. They're doing a uh, retrial. They're going to reform and they play their games. The first games, I think, are Saturday this weekend, but they're starting their season. The, the, the reformed USL is starting their season in one city. It's going to be Birmingham, Alabama. And the playoffs are going to be, Ira, do you know where the playoffs are going to be? You mean Canton? That's a great idea. So, um, but two things that interest me, the rules changes. One is the extra point rule. They're going to have three possibilities for extra points. And and, um, it's sort of interesting, not worth getting into, but uh, also um, overtimes. I think the overtime is sort of curious. They're going to line up, I think, with um, different, uh, I think it's two points for each try i think they're three you go every other defense i think you line up at the two yard line three yard line you guys can check it out but maybe i'll have to watch a game this weekend to figure it out but you get two points for each success and if it's tied after the the end of three so it's three de- you're on defense three times the offense three and i'm talking about snaps um then you just keep going till sudden death yeah interesting and the other one is two forward passes allowed behind the line of scrimmage sounds a like a lot like the cfl to me but i want to see if that works out. anyway last time they tried this was 1983 to 86 we know what happened then when Donald Trump was involved. I uh, hope they have better luck this time. So good luck to the USFL. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. If you want to find this or any other I test for two podcast, just go to fullpresscoverage.com, pull down the podcast toolbar, and click on the I test for two. And Ian, it's so easy. Tell people how simple this is. 
Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy that it's Ian so can easy. do it right now when he's not even paying attention. So easy. So if you don't want to do that, listen to Ira. I think he Ira. was feeding the cat, Clark. I think he was feeding the cat at that time. <laughs> he probably was. But if you listen to Ira, because Ira tells us it's so easy that what, Ira? You can do it, right? I can do it. I can do it. And I can't, to... I, I can't put a screw into the wall. So <laughs> okay. It. So listen to Ira Kaufman. If you don't want to do that, just tune in here next week. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening.